Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys, man. Listen, last week we were talking about Matthew chapter uh, 6. We were in verse 18 where we left off, and we talked about the holy rollers, the fake pastors that collect money all day from the pulpit and drive their, and fly their Lear jets. It's amazing how they get away with it, but they do, and they, they whatever they do, that's between them and God. And so we talked about many things that Jesus is talking about, and when we go to see the Lord one day, then everybody will be judged accordingly, and they will have to see where, where their, their faults lie. Father, we come before you in your name, Jesus. We ask that you wash this word, protect us, guide us, love us like you always will, and and guide us through this word, Father. Let your Holy Spirit teach, Father, because this is what your word says, that you're the teacher, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Listen, man, welcome back to Growing in His Word. Last week, we were in the verse 18 of Matthew chapter 6. We talked about, so that you do not appear to men by fasting, but your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees the secret place will reward you. We're not supposed to go out there and fast and look like we're hungry and we talked about that, and we talked about how the Holy Spirit can heal us when we're sick and not man. We talked about the wealth, and that's where we're at today, where it says in verse 19, do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where your moth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's the radical awesome part because our treasure is, is in heaven. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to get ready for heaven. He wants us to uh, be ready for the kingdom, not not to, you know, Every day, think about money and always have our mind on money and money and money and money. And God says, like, get it off the money, man. We talked about this last week. Listen, he says, get it off the things that you worship, like your TV, like your 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 car, your sports car, your 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 radical, uh, you know, cars that you, you know, refinance your house to get. I mean, get return it. Or, or if you, if you can't afford it, return it. Well, how are you going to tell me? Don't tell me where to spend my money. Oh, yeah, these guys. Are. Listen, listen, it's not about, it's about stop worshiping what God wants you to not do. And that's to love him more and serve him. Don't lay up your treasures in your backyard or in your garage. Or, or you, know, you always got to wash it every other day. Always taking it through the gas station and washing it every single day. You know, God says it's going to be destroyed by rust and moths. And thieves can break in and steal it, but lay up yourself treasures in heaven. These are the mansions that we're getting from God when we die. These are the mansions, it says, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is he talking about here, man? He's talking about your heart. Where is your heart? Where, where is your heart today? Is your, are you obedient to God's word today, believers? Listen, or is your heart uh, set on the things that, uh, on the mindset of God? Because we start to get greedy. 
when our minds are on the money or our minds are on things. See, God knows that money is, is on our mind a lot. Listen. Okay? And he knows that he, he, know, he, he knows that so much that Jesus spoke and taught about money more than he did any other topic. Listen, God knows that greed will destroy us if we become focused on a commu- um, accumulating more wealth. We become focused and driven by greed and, and are never content. Often greed opens the door to other sins and we find ourselves failing or falling further from God and what he has for our lives. Listen, we must be careful, believers, to protect our hearts and minds against greed and to to practice, uh, you know, contentment. Not only to live being satisfied and thankful for what God has given us, but also in being generous and giving. First John, uh, John chapter two verse sixteen says, "For everything in the world, the lust, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world." And so, each each of us should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not re- reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves the cheerful giver. Second Corinthians nine seven. He's not saying uh, store up your treasures on earth. He's saying give what God puts. On your heart. I'm tired of these phony baloney pastors begging for money. But that's not part of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about don't store your treasures on earth, we're talking about. We're talking about giving to God, meaning giving your life to Christ. Giving your whole heart, your mind, your 110%. Your, you know, the lamp of the body is the eye. And if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. You know, I knew a guy, he had to have more money. You know, he was always storing up his treasures on earth. And we can't do that. Just keep your lives free from the love of money. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. And be content with that you have because God has said, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. And so we see how Christ is, is, is if we're, you know, if we're obedient to him, he's, and even if we're not, sometimes he's faithful to us because we talked about that last week. We talked about no one can serve two masters. Okay? And verse 8 says, your whole body will be full of darkness if therefore the light that is, uh, I mean, verse 23 said, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. It, it, it opens up other avenues, believers. Listen, the love of money. You, you can have your money, but... Don't love it and worship it. And so, you know, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Verse 24 says, and this is what I'm talking about. Mammon, money, <clears throat> property. It's so funny. The moment you put money in the ministry, the knives come out. The more, the more, the, mo- the moment you put money, money, 
into friendship, more than friendship, the friendship ends. The moment you put money as the primary target or whatever it is, mammon, uh, you know, that's the moment Satan says, okay, thank you, I've got you all. Okay? No one can serve two masters because for either he will hate the one and love the other. And that's what happens, see? Or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. And you cannot serve God and, and mammon. You know? Wealth, money, property. You know, that night, last week we talked about that. And, 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 and verse 25 says, therefore I say to you, and you know, don't worry about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, but you will be put on, you, you will, or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and, not, and, the, and the body more than clothing? You know, here's we see, check this out. Here we see that, that, that the money, the man, with the poor man and the rich man, we see how the, the Bible talks about, here, look, I don't want to jump the game or get ahead of the game, game, get ahead of the word, but Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 says, you know, a, a man, a rich man refused to follow Jesus. Okay, and I'm not saying this about everybody who's rich. You know, you can have your comfy, your comfort, okay, your little, you know, whatever you got. Uh, and you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, you're jealous. <laughs> no, I'm not jealous. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not. I've, I've been, I'm content. The Bible says that pastors are not supposed to love money. Read the book of, of Timothy. Okay, I know I get those emails too. Oh, you're always talking about the rich people because you're poor and you don't want to get it. I get, sometimes I get emails on that. So a rich man refuses to follow Jesus because a man came to Jesus and asked the teacher. He said, uh, he asked teacher, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus answered, why do you ask me about what is good? Only God is good, but if you want to if you want to have eternal life, obey the laws and commands. Right? The man asked, well, "Which ones?" And Jesus answered, "You must not murder anyone. You must not commit adultery, and you must not steal. You must not tell lies about others." Wow! Yeah, you must not tell lies about others. Nineteen, verse nineteen: You must respect your father and your mother, and love your neighbor. The same as love yourself. That's not too hard, right? Okay. So the young man said, well, I have obeyed all these commandments. What else do I need? See, Jesus already knew. Jesus answered, well, if you want to be perfect, then go and sell all that you own. Give the money to the poor and you will have riches in heaven. <laughs> then he said, come follow me. Why doesn't every, oh my Lord, why doesn't every pastor preach this? And you may be thinking, well, some, some, they have to do something with the money. The, the churches have to do something with the money that we get. Well, go get an audit. 
If you really want to go to a good church and you want to really see a good church, ask the pastor to show you how much money is in the bank and where it's going. If he can't show you that, then that church is fraud. Believe me. I know. It's hard to swallow this sermon, but the sermon doesn't get swallowed. It's, it gets retained and understood that we believers have to understand we give to the Lord and we trust people to do the right thing. And when they don't, we don't have to worry because God's in control. And God will weed it out and he will separate the wheat from the tear and the sheep from the, from the, from the wolves and the goats from the sheep. And Jesus said, you want to be perfect, go and sell what you own, give the money to the poor and come follow me. But when the young man heard Jesus tell him to give away his money, he was sad. Oh, I got to give all my money away. (laughs) He didn't, he didn't want to do this because he was very rich. So he left. Jesus said to his followers, the truth is, it will be very hard for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. Yes, I tell you, and this it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter into God's kingdom. And you know what's funny? <laughs> oh, Lord, forgive me. A rich man used to tell me that. But yet he wouldn't give to the poor. Or pay his employees their wage. This is where we're at. Believers, if you're into the church for money, you're in the wrong business. Jesus isn't into the money business. It's like trying to be a cop on the street. You're in the wrong business if you're in for the money. <laughs> oh, Lord. When will this world wake up and understand that it's not about the money? Get a job. God provides. And here's how I'm going to show you how he provides. Listen to this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I'm not saying don't give money to your church. I'm saying be careful who you give the money to. Do your dual diligence and find out where the money is going to. Make sure that your ministry you're giving to is giving to the right people. I don't care if you're Pentecostal, Baptist, whatever you are. Ask them. Ask your deacon, ask your pastor, ask your... Bishop, whatever, ask them where the money, can you see where my contributions are going to? If they have a problem with that, then you might want to go look for a Bible teaching church. Christ will feed us no matter where we are. He will make sure that we will be fed because he loves us. We have to trust in him. And understand that God will feed us by providing jobs, etc., working. But He loves us and He will feed us. Believers, listen. 
It's funny because the, less, the rest of that chapter of the rich man talks about the followers, how they were amazed to hear this. And they asked Jesus, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, this is something that people cannot do, but God can do anything. And Peter said to him, we left everything we had. We, we left it all, Peter said, and we followed you. So what will we have? And Jesus said to them, when the time of the new world when the new world comes, the Son of Man will sit on his great and glorious throne. And I can promise that you who followed me will sit on the 12 thrones and you will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, children, or farms to follow me will get much more than they have left. And listen to this, and they will have eternal life. Many people who are first now will be last in the future. This is what's going on. And many who are last now will be first in the future. The first will be last. I mean, the, la the last will be the, fir the first here. Will be last. And the last will be first. It's going to be reverse. Why? Because we are now living in a time where it's all about money, church, money, donate, money, 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 money. Not all churches, I repeat. I repeat, not all churches. A lot of them. And verse 28 says, so we do not worry about clothing. Consider the lilies in the fields. And how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arraigned like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the honor of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 uh, talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and how God blessed them before and they had faith. God says, look, put on some faith. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm going to bless you no matter what. Verse 31 says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows what you need. All these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So when you, when you're deep in God's word and God is watching, listening, looking, he will provide. He always does. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. Listen, believers, we don't have to worry about anything because God is in control. Listen, I want you to listen to this. Because if you're feeling on the edge, worried or anxious, you're not alone, man. Because uncertainty it, it quickly leads to fear, and fear erodes away at our faith, and fear can be powerful. In fact, fear is one of the greatest, greatest Satan's most used tactics to get us to doubt God. We have the power, though, to overcome the anxiety and the fear with God's promises, despise what we feel. And we need to remind ourselves that God is in control. He's in control. When everything around us feels out of control, we can allow the scripture to prove to us that God has been, God has been, and is and will be sovereign over our lives and, and, and the world. He is our peace and comfort. And he knows what we're going through. Listen, I got some verses for you. 
okay? For my thoughts, Isaiah 55, verse 55, chapter 8, verse 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher, the earth, so are many ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's thoughts for us are beautiful. He loves us. He know, he wants us to <clears throat> excuse me. God knows what he's doing and he and he and his thinking is different than ours and when it comes to what is best for us in his ways and everything he allows are so much higher and better than ours despite what we see around us. And that's why I told believers to and and, and uh, take a notepad and a pencil and a paper. When something goes good in your life, write it down so that you can be reminded of the good times that you had. Because God wants to bless you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 says, It's the Lord who goes before you, and he will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And do not fear or be dismayed. Because Moses spoke these words to Joshua as he commissioned him to take the Israelites to the promised land. But listen to this. But we can understand these words and hope, because we have hope and confidence that God gives, gives, goes before us no matter what. And he walks along the side of us even though we're going through it. Listen, he's got our backs, man. He'll not leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews 13.5 says that. And he is well aware of what's happening and all that has happened and all that will happen according to his wisdom because his love in his plan is for our lives. We don't need to fear when we have God in control of our future. We don't need to fret. Psalm 73 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength. Of my heart and my and my portion forever, whether it is sickness, disease, even I'm going through disease right now. I have cancer. I have I have, I have two surgeries, and and it bothers me. And 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 God's like, hey, yo, Joseph. God says to me, whether it's sickness, disease, loss of a job, betrayal, or even our own sin, God shows up. His grace. His mercy endures and reigns forever. We're forgiven. He strengthens our soul through trials. James chapter 1. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And in the moment of death, he conquers the grave uh, 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 and our souls are safe and secure because we're in the Lord's hands. He's got us. Jesus Christ got us. Second Chronicles 2.17 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is the verse that reinforces that God wants his people to be humble and dependent on him. He is the gentle healer and the great physician, not some rotten pastor on TV doing the with his airplane, his $50 million airplane. Jesus Christ can heal individually as well as heal the nations, physically, emotionally, spiritually. But he desires that we call out to him for help. And get rid of the pride and trust what he is allowing to affect to affect you with. 
I mean, I'm sorry, to trust what he is allowing uh, us to be dealt with. Okay? Cry out for him. The best thing that we can do when we're overwhelmed and, and have anxiety is to cry out to God in prayer. Listen, we're almost done. And, and I'm trying to bless you because Psalms 23 says, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for His name's sake. Psalms 23 is a beautiful chapter of the Bible in which David acknowledges God's goodness and protection in his life. David came to learn the comfort in depending upon God. Remember his experience as being God's... Uh, as God being a shepherd for him, leading him through troubles and guiding him. And, 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 and we can have confident hope that he will provide for us throughout all life because he loves us. Jesus Christ loves us with an everlasting love. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all your understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look it, God gives us this prescription almost from like a doctor for anxiety. And that and listen, and that's 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 true. I mean, we gotta pray. Be quick to pray. Like it says here in Matthew chapter six, we pray, not on the street corners. But in the closet, we, we, we pray. And when, when we have these anxious thoughts and they begin to rise and we start to think people are against us. Oh, everyone wants to get us or whatever it may be. We take our request to God. And we're allowing him to work in our lives and take control of our thoughts. Let Christ take control of your thoughts and your emotions. Then we can, un then we can understand that supernatural peace. Okay, but it's not until we surrender our mind to God's ways and thoughts. And when we do this, we forget about all the drama. We forget about all the problems. We give it to God and move on. And that's it. He's bigger. Get ready for heaven. You can have money, rich people. I'm not bagging on you, but make sure you have the things that I'm talking about. Because at the end of the day, you're going to say, look, I want God's perspective in my life. And you can have the money, <clears throat> but Ecclesiastics chapter, verse, uh, chapter 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet not yet no one can fathom what God has done for them from the beginning to the end. And we don't want to get caught up on money to where we miss the mark and we have no Jesus. Therefore, listen, there is beauty in everything God has created, believers. He ordered all things and uphold their purposes. Look, we may not always understand why God allows for things to happen in our lives, but that, that causes pain and fear and worry. But we can trust that he has a beautiful purpose in it. And that's why I guided you to Hebrews chapter 11. One, look, and we're, and we're done. It says, now faith is confidence, Hebrews 11. One, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is believing 
that God exists, that he rewards those who seek him and that we can hope in him because his promises will always be true. Faith does not require perfection, but consistent belief that God is in control and we are to live in accordance to his will. His will be done, like it says in this chapter. I pray, read the prayer again. Thy His will be done on earth as it is and forever. Listen, a life of faith is living, is lived in believing the promises of God to be true and cling to them. When we are uncertain, faith does not need to see to believe that God is in control. God loves you guys, and He has an everlasting love for you that you'll never understand unless you receive Him. Jesus Christ loves you. Matthew is a really beautiful book about how we need to live for Him and live with others in the, in the love of God and have faith and keep moving and keep these beautiful waters of Jesus moving. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, thank you for this sermon. Lord Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, thank you. You are so worthy to be praised, Father. Now, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit now go before us, Lord. We end with this sermon, Father. We thank you for this sermon. We cry out to you, Holy Spirit. Oh, you're a beautiful helper. We thank you, Father, for that your characteristics. Oh, how beautiful you are. And we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Listen, I might just start a donate button for the homeless and give it to them. And who knows? I don't know anymore. But I know God's in control because people are, are hungry for His Word. And you know what? God loves you guys. And He wants to have a relationship with you. And that's more precious than anything in this world. Thank you guys for logging on to growing in His Word. And may the Lord bless you. And, 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 and just bless you forever. Listen, go on to growinginhisword.com. There you'll have my materials on the Lord's, on Bible studies, everything. We're on every podcast in the world, YouTube, you name it, Facebook. Check it out. God bless you guys and thank you for growing in His Word.